And here are the categories for you. Civil servants. Stamps from around the world. Mothers and sons. Beer. Bar trivia. And finally, celibacy. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. Looked me over and I guess you thought I was all right. All right in a sort of a limited way. Sometimes I like him to go. You know. Good song. You feel bad cutting Paul I, Simon off? I feel like or? it's insulting to him sometimes. If he like is our one listener out there, and he's just sort of like, how come you don't let my song play? He's got a point. It's a good song, but, you know. Maybe can't. we should get our Garfunkel to do it. I'd have no problem chopping him <laughs> off early. Right. I don't think that makes for a very exciting intro, to be honest with you. <laughs> all right. We are back for another week of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Good to be with you all. Nick and Drew. Uh, very busy week last week, a ton to get to, and we're going to have um, other stuff to announce as well, other podcasts to announce, as fa- in fact. Uh, so if you don't know what we're doing here, we're going to just run through that real quick for those who are listening for the first time to episode three for some reason without going back to one and two. Uh, but we are uh, Quizzo Trivia Host. Quizzo is a long-running live trivia contest that's been played in bars all over the tri-state area. By tri-state, I mean uh, our tri-state, South Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware, <laughs> not the New, New York, York Connecticut. Yeah, but it's in that, that area, too, as well as uh, over 25 states nationwide uh, since the 90s. And what we do on this podcast is bring you a little interesting tidbits from the world of trivia, uh, the world at large, and especially... Uh, tidbits that will be appearing in our game for the thousands of players. Well, the more you know about for. us and the more you know of how we get our questions, the better off you are as far as trying to figure out what's going to be in the games and the better your score, the better your team will Absolutely, do. and it's all about building your team, folks, and, and coming up with the uh, the right strategy to dominate your quiz, and, and uh, that means something more than just the gift cards you get from the bars. It's about pride, folks. It's about competitive Oh, yeah, you can't tell me pride. when 10 people are splitting a $25 gift card. It's got anything to do with the prize. It does not. It does not. It has everything to do with knowing that you know more than those people, so... What we try to do here is give you a little bit of everything. We have various categories that the Quizzo game touches on, so what we do is run through those categories from a trivia standpoint and uh, give you a flavor for that each week. And I, if I got a little bit of criticism this week uh, on our podcast, or feedback, as I like to say, wasn't uh, criticisms, that we were very, very sports-heavy last week. So uh, we've decided to spin off our... Well, really, though, you know what? You guys need more help in sports than probably anything else. Yeah, so I, I don't disagree with that. Teams that show up especially... Uh, you know, for for the random game, uh, generally don't get into the nitty gritty of the uh, sports trivia that we present, but that's okay. So, right, there's only a few specific categories that make up an entire round. Oh yeah, you know, like if you think of movies, movies doesn't make up an entire round. No way. Maybe you get two movie questions you know, in an entertainment much, uh, round. Yeah, you know, sports sports is sports huge. So and, and music are it, it's a very very important way to win. There's no question about that. And moreover, I think you need to have a balance on your team. That's what we always preach here in terms of building your Quizzo team. And sports sports is always is constantly writing itself too. It's one of There's those no question. Categories Everything that is about if you don't pay attention to what's going on in sports, you can get lost fast. So since we talked so much about sports, uh, especially the NFL, uh, we're not going to focus on that as much. And instead, we're going to give you other podcasts. Uh, which we'll present later uh, under the live network header that are going to just be entirely sports. So if you really love sports, you can focus in on those and uh, specifically fantasy football, which is, uh, I dare say, our expertise if such a thing exists for the world of fantasy football. But uh, I think it does. So 
I have a couple of really interesting things that I want to talk about and uh, tell you about this week. And, and I'm going to start with, did you see the Elon Musk uh, video for The Boring Company? No, I didn't. Okay, so it's a minute and 30 seconds, and uh, we could certainly get your reaction to it. And I uh, saw his uh, SpaceX was in the news. What did you see for SpaceX? That it launched a, what is it, a secret Reuse- rocket or yeah, something well, like that? it was that? a reusable rocket, oh, it, it the first came one back. ever launched, yeah. Uh, and they, they have more Falcon 9s being built. But take a look uh, very quickly at this uh, Elon Musk ad here, which we will meld in. So is that a Tesla I'm looking at? It's a Tesla you're looking at. Okay. It's only mm-hmm. a minute and 20 seconds, so you could follow along very quickly. And he got this idea in December. That day he registered the domain names, the company concept, created everything you need for this, and within three months produced this video. All right, so what I'm watching is I'm watching a car that parked into a parking spot that was lowered into a tunnel. Uh, the parking spot has wheels on it. It looks like, you know, sort of a flatbed truck but with four wheels. Right, it's, it's basically it's a... It's flying through some sort of a subway system or something like that at a speed of 124 miles per hour on correct. a track. That's correct. And now what you're looking at is an underground network of those tunnels that lower and raise these cars 11 uh, layers deep. And the city of Los Angeles has the... Capability of having these tunnels? Yeah, correct. He's already started digging. Wow. So he's going to build a subway in Los Angeles that you can drive on your own car. That's absolutely well, correct. So This guy's got a lot of great ideas. I hope he keeps getting the money to do all this stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, I can't he, even imagine what that's worth. So, Oh, it's it, it, some of the stuff LA. he comes up with is just so unbelievably insane. But between that and Hyperloop and Tesla and SpaceX. Where are we at with Hyperloop? Is that uh, I mean, it's in, no, it's in development. I mean, you can see yeah. uh, living prototypes of, of that idea. He's really an incredible guy. So I'm going to ask you this. And this the is one the thing first... with Elon Musk, i got to say, is he's, he's obviously incredible. Uh, he's probably our next great mind now that we've lost uh, Steve Jobs as far as developing uh, this technology. I'd like to see him focus on one thing at a time. Well, he I think he has a universal plan for those things coming together. And that's uh, the the idea of Tesla and Tesla and Solar City now merged, right? So those were two separate companies. Right. And now the idea is that Solar I also saw that Solar City will not be coming door to door anymore. Well, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice to know. You don't have to worry about that knock on the door. <laughs> it's like if the door knocks, you're not expecting anybody. Is it the Mormons or is it Solar City? I always actually had to think that and I was like, do you think this is going to be one of those religious calls or the and which is worse? Which com- would you rather not get? The comedian Sebastian Maniscalco does a great bit on people knocking on your door. And what he says is, remember 20 years ago when people knocked on your door? Right. And the kids would run down in their socks and be like, who's there? And he'd be like, we've got company. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> yeah, now if somebody excited. knocks on your door, you, you hide, hide behind the couch. It's like, you hope they go get away. down. <laughs> yes. Who the hell don't make a is noise. knocking on our door? <laughs> don't make a noise. I don't want you to speak. And then the dog starts barking, and it gives it away, and they're yeah, like, is the car in the driveway? Bit. Yeah. You, you get frightened. So, I mean, that's uh, bottom line, though. Solar City um, merged with Tesla, and the concept is they've built these amazing solar panel roofs, right? And they are going to absolutely blanket neighborhoods, replacing typical tile roofs with these solar panel roofs that are totally opposite of what you know as a solar panel roof tile. It looks like a regular roof tile. You, right, that's the thing not, with the solar roof. You would not notice this at all. I guess some people any, don't mind it, as but any different. And he's got five different styles, right? And this is just being rolled out right now. Uh, so depending on if you have a Spanish style, roof, yeah. So just, the guys just spread a little thin. That's all. I mean, yeah, but, but he came up a, with the Tesla. It's a, it's a great car, and now a, he's doing four different things at once. Why not complete the one task and then take the other one? It's on? simple because he thinks he's running out of time as a human and on this planet, and he thinks the planet's destroying itself. He needs to get humans to Mars and to colonize Mars to be an interplanet species. That's what's driving him. That's why he doesn't sleep at night. And in order to do that, I guess that, that's he the one I wish you would give up on. Money. I wish you would give up on the Mars and let's get this but, but travel here, but here's stuff the thing, done. And I, the I Hyperloop. Just, 
I did. I did just company. recently read a book about him, so I don't want to spend the entire podcast on Elon Musk. But he is. Well, a he's personal... an interesting enough oh, guy. Though, oh, there's to, no to question. Touch on. There's no question. But he's always looked at everything as a stepping ladder. He's doing this to get to this. He's doing this to get to this. And the ultimate goal of Mars is not just a get people on Mars. It's also reassert the dominance of the United States space program, which had totally lost its way. When he first got in the game before he launched his own rockets, he was meeting with these Russian oligarchs that try to secure rocket launches uh, into space for particular satellites. We were at the behest of foreign companies for almost all of our vital infrastructure going into space. And he has taken all of that and brought it back to the United States. And then him in Blue Origin, which Jeff Bezos owns, who's one of the richest people in the world, of course, Amazon.com as well, uh, are basically competing in this world for the first time. So it's not just about getting to Mars. It's about launching a company that has the satellite capability to dominate space and then by virtue of having that technology moving on to Mars. So he he does really interesting things. But here's the trivia in all of this, okay? Okay. And and this is something that you're going to want to take note, especially if you play our Quizzo game. What was his first company? Coming out of Stanford University, when got his PhD, launched his very first company, which is a very well-known company today, that he sold for hundreds of millions of dollars, which eventually made its way into Tesla. He did not found Tesla, but he was not the founder of Tesla. No? No. Uh, he bought the idea. That the name obviously comes from Nikolai Tesla, the uh, great inventor. Sure. Um, but it was not his idea to name the company Tesla. It was already created that way. All right. So that so there's the question. What was his first company? The first company of Elon Musk that made him his first initial fortune. So All right, I'm going to take a guess. No, there's other names I associate with this company, but the fact that you say it's very well known, I'm going to go with PayPal. You got it. All right, you hit it right on the head. Elon Musk was the founder of PayPal.com. A very, so I think very of Peter popular. Thiel, right? Isn't he yes. part of PayPal, yes. or did yes. he fund? Maybe he was the venture guy that gave. That's absolutely right. Okay. So, so he made a fortune off of it, but he was not. Uh, but it was Elon Musk who, who basically was the uh, the first brain behind PayPal. So uh, that's the first bit of trivia I had for you. And then the second one revolves around what day of the week it is. Now today is uh, May third, of course. So. We all know what's coming up in a couple of days. One of the most famous uh, holidays slash drinking days. Wait, of, tomorrow? Of the year. What are you talking about? A couple today, of days. Today's more f- May, 4th. May 4th. Today's May 4th? No, no. Today's May 3rd. Right. Oh, so what's oh, coming oh. up tomorrow? <laughs> Quattro de Mayo. <laughs> no, no. What? What's that? May the 4th be with you? May the 4th be with you. So it's a Star Wars. Star Wars day is tomorrow. Yeah, Star Wars so let's, day let's is not tomorrow. Stick, right. Let's not skip over it. Okay. We don't want to. We don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great trivia has come from those uh, oh, Star Wars projects over the years, so it, we have to pay it, a little respect to it. There's no question. It's embarrassing how little I know Star Wars trivia, comparatively speaking, to some of the people that are really buffs of those things. Like, you know, uh, uh, for instance, what are the names of the vehicles that they rode in that frozen planet? What was the name of that frozen planet? You know, all of those different things are just amazing trivia questions that you can really get deep with with the Star Wars universe. Um, and we have Star Wars quizzes that have definitely appeared uh, across the country where it's all Star Wars trivia, both from the first three fil- films, the prequels, uh, the known universe. There's really a lot of stuff. So we got the May the 4th be with you. And then, of course, we have Cinco de Mayo. Now, here's a couple of interesting things about Cinco de Mayo, Nick, that I'm going to tell you. Uh, obviously, people constantly get the holiday wrong in terms of what it is. You hear all the time people saying this is Mexican Independence Day. Well, I did a little bit of research, and it turns out Mexican Independence Day is September 16th, 1810. That's the date of Mexican Independence. It's not Cinco de Mayo. So I'm going to ask you, what is Cinco de Mayo a celebration of? Now, I'll give you a hint here. It is a military celebration, but who did they beat that they are celebrating? That is my question to you. Okay. So this was is, it the celebration of uh, Santa Ana beating the Americans? No. Okay. We we were not the enemy. So I'll give you. A I mean, I would of, just you know. I'll give you a I would just say here. Spain would be my first guess. It'd be right. hard to get me off. Well, of that's that. what I would have guessed too, as well. But what's interesting about that is that's actually not the case. So even though they got their independence and they celebrated this mass Independence Day from 1810, from from September 16th, 1810, and there's this thing called the Cry of Dolores that I learned about uh, with Mexican independence, and that's the official Mexican Independence Day. Mexican, uh, or Cinco de Mayo, is from 1862, right? 1862, uh, and it was a battle where they defeated France. Wow. 
You wouldn't never, have thought you of never, them as you being. You never would have guessed that arch rivals in a million years. No, right? I wouldn't. But have. It was a it was a celebratory battle on May fifth, an unlikely defeat by a general named Ignacio Zaragoza, who defeated France. So that's uh, that's the. Origin. So why is it so big to their culture? Uh, I, I mean, I just think it's one of those things that uh, came down in uh, Mexican lore for being able to protect their country and not have it taken over by a sovereign, you know, uh, government and a sort of uh, uh, a rallying cry of a, of a country that was sort of, I want to say fledgling, but just sort of finding its way at the early stages after uh, Spain had owned it after battles with the United States. Because remember, there was like the Texas Republic. Sure. Uh, as well as... It was its uh, own republic, right, yeah. Uh, that took over from... Uh, now, this was another thing that I found interesting. Um, so 916-1810 was Mexican independence. It took 11 years for them to actually gain independence from Spain. Right. So before the American army got involved. Sure, so, similar to us. I mean, 1776 is our right. Declaration of Independence, but it wasn't until... Yeah. Much later that we actually beat the English. So, the yeah, it's the uh, Battle of the Puebla where they defeated the forces uh, on May 5th, 1862. So in case you're All right, interested. so, you know, that's why you tune in to learn things. Absolutely. All right, so what do you got for me in the uh, in the general knowledge world or just random All things right, so happening? May, as we mentioned, so May Day, May 1st. May the 4th be with you, but uh, the day I really look forward to in May is the first Saturday in May. First Saturday in May, the Run for the Roses. Run my for friend. the Roses, the uh, we, uh, we, Kentucky oh. Derby. All right, so I'm going to set the scene for for folks who are listening for the first time. We're going to tell here because you're mentioning the first or the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to mention the first Kentucky Derby story we have. Now we don't just have multiple yeah. Kentucky Derby stories. I think we got three, right? We've been to three. Well, derbies. we we went three years in a row. I think is right. what we did, right? Yes, I believe so. So the first one was really something quite uh, quite astounding, and uh, Nick was pledging a fraternity at the time. You want to tell him what fraternity? You want to give a shout-out to your— Yeah, ATO, from ATO. the Alpha to the Omega, from the beginning the to the end. <laughs> Absolutely. And this was freshman year at Syracuse University, and uh, a tradition at this part- in this particular dorm was, for some reason, watching 90210 uh, in the afternoon. That was a big show. Well, I think we woke up, and it happened to be that 90 was on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so we would— Right, <laughs> meet in the uh, common area yeah. of the dorm and so, watch nine uh, zero. Everyone would meet in the common area of the dorm, watch nine zero two one zero. And during the middle of this uh, commercial, uh, the middle of this program, a commercial aired for the Kentucky Derby, and you entered sort of groggy at four o'clock and said, uh, "Hey, uh, guess what? I have figured out mathematically that I have not been eliminated from a two point GPA this semester." I thought I said three Did you go three I was I- wrong, but I think I, I think the claim was. <laughs> I have so not been mathematically eliminated from getting a 3.0. From a, B, from a full B average. Now, anybody that knew your shenanigans at the time from pledging a fraternity knew that that was probably impossible since no, you had not yes. attended uh, that I missed many a few classes. classes you that might semester. have missed a few. They have a very demanding culture at, at ATO in terms of uh, fraternity. So, anyway, uh, I said to you in jest, uh, the odds of you obtaining a 3.0 GPA this semester roughly are the same odds of you winning the Kentucky Derby. And I don't mean you uh, placing a bet on the right horse. I mean you getting up against the horses and beating them in a race. And everybody laughed. And did you say you winning the Kentucky Derby tomorrow? Tomorrow, yes. Yes, you winning the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. And your response was dead straight-faced after everybody got a good laugh at that joke, knowing that you had slept through most of the semester. Uh, you go, huh, let's go to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, now the keep Kentucky mind, Derby's tomorrow? Yeah. Let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Now, keep in mind, we don't have a car that would make it to the Kentucky Derby by any stretch of the imagination, at least not at that point in time car. that I had. Uh, we were broke college students, freshman year. We were also um, three days away from finals, okay, which is why everybody was under such pressure. Finals started that Tuesday, right? So this was Friday. Finals started Tuesday. Um, in addition... Uh, besides being broke, the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, Kentucky was like 12 hours away, something along oh, yeah. those lines. I think it was more than that. Yeah, it might have been like 14. It's not an easy drive from Syracuse, New York to Kentucky Derby. I think Derby. it was a lot more than that. But well, all I know is about an hour and 15 minutes later, we had recruited a friend named Jody. Uh, we had gotten her beautiful Jeep Grand Cherokee, packed whatever we had, took whatever money out we had, and managed to get on the road and start heading towards Louisville, Kentucky, which we took turns driving to straight through the night. Remember the first? Yeah, song we were we taking heard? bets for the, our friends on the dorm in the dorm. No question, and and that actually I think funded a lot of that trip 
<laughs> no offense to those guys, but you shouldn't have trusted us with money at that point in time. Um, but yeah, no, we took bets and and horses and. All right, so you were right. It was a uh, ten and a half hour ride. Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like it was straight, a twelve so, okay, hours. Okay, you're right. right. I thought it was. I thought, thought it took longer. Right. So we're driving straight through the night, and I remember because like, I'm thinking of the ride home, but we won't get there yet. Oh no, no, no. That's uh, that's. Uh, I don't even know if we can finish this story in in one trip because of how long this trip was. Um, all right. Needless to say, we get there straight through the night. I'll never forget this. We wake up. Uh, we're, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. I wake up like groggy. I trying to figure out where we are, directing Jody how to get there. We're in this very, very shady neighborhood. We pull over to a side. I see this very large gentleman on the side of the road, kind of just like looking, staring off into space. And I said, sir, can you please tell me where Churchill Downs is? And he says, hmm, what you want to do? Go up there. Make a right. We're going to Fox Street. Colonsby. And I, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Excuse me, sir? What did you just say to me? Almsby. Right. And I was like, yeah, he, and he said it like he was about to die in the middle of the, like, just, it, it went on for 15 seconds, Ormsby. And I remember looking at you like, okay. We thanked him. We did not know what he really even said to us. We started driving around. I don't know, 15 minutes go by. We still didn't find Churchill Downs. All of a sudden, we came to a street. I look at you go, hey, look at that. Ormsby. Ormsby. <laughs> We're so, here. We're here. We found the street. And, uh, what a night. I mean, you know, I think anybody out there who has a preconceived notion of what the Kentucky Derby is, they see people in suits and the mint juleps and the fancy decor and, you know, look at it sort of in that way. That's the fancy folk in the outfield. The infield is nothing at all like that. It is Woodstock with horses, folks. It is Woodstock with horses. The first scene I have, and this is in my mind etched, is this guy on a mattress surrounded by these tiny little liquor bottles. And his friends were sitting on lawn chairs next to him. And I remember going by going, what happened to him? He goes, he drank all those. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You can't imagine this guy would they, not be in a coma he, after drinking all these. They brought in a mattress, Nick, into the infield. And this was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, 2 o'clock this in is, the afternoon. This is not, there was a mattress. This is not at 2 o'clock in the morning. So we drank all day. Uh, we placed bets on the Derby winners. We might have won some money, might have lost. I don't even remember what happened. I think we did I okay. think we did all right, actually. Silver Charm. Yes. Yes, yes the winner of the first Derby we were at, because that name just immediately yeah, in my it's head. It's a great horse. Still got some pictures of it. Um and the debauchery that ensued. And then I remember passing out in Jody's car for like five or six hours, waking up and then going to Denny's. Yep. And then, of course, instead of hurrying back to Syracuse to study for our finals, we went to... We thought that was an adventure. What, St. Louis next? First, we went to the University of Indiana. Right. I had a very close friend uh, from high school. Shout out to Lisa Summer, if you're ever listening to this, uh, who was a darling girl uh, who had a crush on in high school. I figured, let's go see what she's up to at the University of Indiana. Never seen Bloomington. Thought about going there as a school. You remember that weird fog? Yeah, right driving John through. Mellencamp's yeah. house? Yeah. So we passed Mellencamp's house. Um, we're on this road right to Bloomington, and all of a sudden we go through this very strange fog, and it was like it ended at a very specific point. <laughs> we drove through it. We're like, let's just back up and see if we can do that again, and we did. We backed right up into yeah. it. The car was surrounded by the fog. We went, like, inched forward, and it was gone. Uh, so if anybody who's taken that ride has yeah. hit that fog, it, it's memorable. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it just it, it was it was almost like a ghost. Um, so Bloomington was amazing. We had a great time there. Went to breakfast. Uh, I recall trying to find this girl and wake her up at like eight thirty in the morning on a Sunday or it was Saturday, right? Or no, Sunday. It was Sunday because the Derby was uh, the Saturday. We went from Bloomington to St. Louis. Riverboat gambling. We gambled on a riverboat with fake IDs, the worst fake IDs you've ever seen, but somehow they were book-proof. So this you cop literally— when you want to leave. All right, I got to tell, I, I gotta tell that story. I got to tell that story. All right. So we're in the parking lot of this uh, riverboat casino. We're tailgating. Casino, tailgating. Drinking casino. Natty Ice, which was the drink of choice. Um, and not, re- not the drink of choice, the drink of our wallet's choice. <laughs> That's right. They didn't have Genesee cream ale no, in not St. In, Louis. not in this so area, so it was Natty Ice. I remember very specifically the rotten taste of Natty Ice, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. I'm not complaining. Uh, all of a sudden, like, and we're drinking, and we're loud, and we're listening to Elton John, uh, Honky Cat, very loudly blasting out of the car. And all of a sudden, I see this, like, uh, security officer from a mounted tower get out of his tower, walk down a ladder, and then approach us. So we're thinking, all right, we're underage. We're in a strange city. This is probably not going to end well for us. 
He comes over, starts talk, talking to us, and asks us what we've done. We told him about the whole Kentucky Derby story. They got no money. Remember, I had a friend that lent us the money to like go to that riverboat. Sure. From from Washington University because we were literally out there with nothing, and uh, he 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 shook his head. He looked at us. He goes, hmm. "Tell you what, you leave when you want to leave." Turned around, went back to his tower. <laughs> I remember looking at yeah, you. Yeah, we, like, we, we thought it was. We thought it was over going, for we us. Thought we were going to jail as this guy approaches us. Yeah, and he's like, "You yeah, leave." Like an armed tower guard, right? Climbing down a ladder. He looks at our fake IDs <laughs> and says, "You leave when, when you, you want to leave. leave." So we went riverboat gambling. I was down to my last two dollars, folks. My last two dollars in blackjack, and I wound up winning. What was it like? Well, they do have bucks. They do have two dollar blackjack. Yeah, on the, I, I, at least they did in what was that ninety? I remember when seven gas was twenty bucks to fill up a tank. One hundred eighty dollars was like a million dollars. Right. So oh, you could go. You could drive across the country for forty bucks. Back right. Then. It, it was nothing. It was ninety nine <laughs> cents a gallon. So. Uh, we, we went on the riverboat there till four in the morning, and then we decided to drive to Chicago to have one last day on a Monday. Because Chicago's on the way home. No, it is not. It's actually in the opposite direction of the way home. <laughs> but uh, we woke up and decided what better thing to do than to relive Ferris Bueller's day off. You know, we got uh, two guys yeah, two and a guys girl. Yeah, two guys and a girl. Neither of us liked Jody that way, but she was awesome, so it just worked. And, uh, uh, you know... Um, she was she was just a trooper, and why did she agree to do that? <laughs> like, what was in? Then I, I have well, I mean, Jody was. I such was a friends sh- with Jody. So, I know, but I mean, she was such I, I a think... straight lace. Like, who would go away on that kind of trip the day before, like the weekend before final exams? Maybe she had enough uh, goodwill. Oh my god, with her teachers and stuff. I I, I can't remember exactly why uh, she decided to. Go, but I do know that she had a sweet Jeep Cherokee, and, and we, we had plenty in. of room. We could sleep in oh, the back. It was, it was right? absolutely incredible. Um, so we we did Chicago, most of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the Art Museum, uh, Lake Michigan. Uh, Cubs weren't playing, but we did it. Um, Visited another friend of yours at Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my high school uh, prom date. And we hit a lot of the uh, Jamie. big uh, Midwest schools on that day yep, on yep. The trip. It was my high school prom day, Jamie, who I did a program with at University of Pennsylvania when we were sophomores, and we stayed in touch. Uh, Jamie Portnoff, I think was her name. Shout out to you if you're ever a listener. Did we hit Niagara Falls on the way home? We sure did. We stopped at Niagara Falls, took in the scenes, made it back by that Tuesday for the first set of finals for Jody. Uh, Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And I remember forgetting pulling in at like 3.15. She's like, I need a shower. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think we all... We all <laughs> need a shower sure. at that point. Well, we did get we got dorm showers. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. you know, right. We were clean people. We were clean. So one of the many adventures along the way at the Run of the Roses and uh, Silver Charm was the winners there. And of course, you I know, do remember uh, the home stretch. We had nothing left, no money. We finally were out of money for gas. <laughs> and whose whose parents put money? Was it was it my parents? Your parents? I think we it was had, your mom. It was Pretty my sure mom. Was I had mom. no idea if there would be money in there or not. I think my mom would like put a hundred dollars in my ATM, you and it was like, it, and we had enough worked. money to get home. And you tried it, it, and it worked. Yeah. We, we really, it was that close. Yeah, it was that the, close. Like, we had paid, not enough money. A woman, a woman gave us, us money. At, at the she playground. paid us like thirty bucks to play with her kid at the <laughs> playground. We were, we didn't ask for it. We no, were just no, playing with him. He was so cool. She was like, "Hey, have some beers on us." Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Wendy's. I remember that Wendy's too in the back of the car. I remember. Okay, so one of the great stories from Chicago is we were all drinking in the back of the car, eating Wendy's, and I had to go to the bathroom very badly. And we're in this like. Very, very Italian Chicago neighborhood. Uh, I go see this restaurant. It's this tiny little Italian restaurant. Go into the place. Literally, there's one table of people. Mm-hmm. It, there's 30 people surrounding the table. Sure. You could have heard a pin drop the second I walked in. Every eye, out. every eye directed straight at me. Okay? Yep. And I was sitting there wearing a white T-shirt and a hat that said load on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I was not the most reputable human being at the time. I don't know why, but that's what I was wearing. Okay, and I walk in, and they all give me that look, and I was like, uh, "Can can I use the bathroom?" And then this guy comes out from behind the bar, looks at the other guy. The other guy nods his head, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, sure, kid, follow me." Let me came come in, use the bathroom. I peed. I thanked everybody, and I got out of there. But I got to tell you, it was the most nervous pee I've ever had in my life. If you ever ask me as a trivia question, Drew, what was the most nervous pee you've ever had in your life? I will 
cite the uh, Chicago mob. All right, I, I got know. one more. Just because you brought up the bathroom, I got one more story from the trip. Okay. It's one of my it's favorite worth, piece worth stories. since we're getting it out. So uh, we're at the Arch in St. Louis, and it's way after midnight. Oh, I, this is a fantastic And Jody How did we forget this goes one? to the bathroom behind, literally, the St. Louis Arch. Literally, you know, just to take a leak. But, you know, trial. it's tough for, for girls. So yep. she chooses a, a hiding spot behind the St. Louis Arch. And up comes this woman, mounted police, on a horse. And we're 19 with a bottle of vodka sitting at a national monument. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, $5 bottles, but the, what do they call them, handles of vodka? <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it was Barton's, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it was definitely Barton's. Yeah, Barton. so we've got about 80% of this bottle of Barton's that we spent, like, you know, $7 on. That was an important $7. And this mounted police officer, she comes up, Jody's urinating behind the thing, <laughs> and I'm like... Hey, and she's like, what are you kids do? What do you have, liquor? It's a <laughs> national monument. She's like freaking out. Are you on the like, rage? Are you kidding me? And she, and we just, and whatever, <laughs> I guess we have been, you know, at it long enough, we just pleaded to her. We and just, just told came, her the whole like, story. We came from, uh, we were in the Kentucky Derby, we didn't have any money, and then we went over here. We laid our hearts on the table. And she's like, all right, pour it out. Pour out the liquor. And as I stood there holding the vodka, I looked at her eyes, I was like, Please. We're really broken. <laughs> this is all the booze we have. And she's just like, oh, just oh, get, just out, of get out of here. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. She left. And then, like, it. you know, Jody, well, Jody, uh, Jody comes wait, wait, back wait. from behind. The Jody thing. comes back from behind the thing after dropping trial and peeing. But this was the best part. She comes back. She sees the horse, pets the horse, okay? Whose name I still remember the horse. I remember the horse's name. And <laughs> you, about you look after that whole speech and still holding the bottle of vodka and again straight faced look at the cop and go can we take a picture with your horse <laughs> <laughs> and she goes okay so there's actually a photo sure, of me you Jody and Prince William that Prince was the William, horse's name yeah, yeah alright so wrapping up the Kentucky Derby story if we could ever so we had so much other, fun we went the next two years in a row we did it, it became a thing and uh, you know the Derby is is legendary and I highly encourage anybody who is looking for an experience of a lifetime to get out there and do it but do the infield don't do the snobby stands thing um, you know so Derby coming up is a great segue into the world of sports I don't want to do a lot of sports because we spent so much time on it last time and we just did all right let me give you something quick on the Derby then we'll move Go on for it. I just want to. Help keep money in the pockets of our listeners, okay? Sounds good. And when it comes uh, to the Derby, all right, you can bet on horses and horses' names, of course, and, you know, you can get lucky and win. But let me just uh, give you a statistic here. Since 1930, okay? Okay. That's when they first got pole positions or post positions, as they say. Sure. Okay. That's when they first used that starting gate. It was 1930. So we're talking 87 Runs, Kentucky Derbies, right. okay? Drew, over under 10 horses that have won from a position over 16. I'm going to go under because of the way you asked that question. There's only been four winners. Wow. That's so crazy. I don't care. If, if it has your name. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Save don't, your money. Don't bet the horse is over 16. It's a, it's a 1 to 16. It is too hard to win from that, that far out. Now, not that it's never happened. It's happened four times in 87 years. But that's less than 4%. So keep your money. And look for horses uh, from the 1 to the 16. I love it. Um, so I just getting on a little bit of a nostalgic front. We had the uh, NFL draft this past week, and we're about to do a whole draft podcast there. So again, don't want to spend too much time. But I'm going to ask you a draft slash entertainment question. That's a trivia question that's going to pop up in a future quiz. I what, love these. What fictional wide receiver is Jerry Maguire's only client? Rod Tidwell. That is the correct answer, my friend. So <laughs> remember one of those famous scenes uh, with uh, uh, Jerry taking. Uh, Kush. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, Kush all over. The, but he was taking Tidwell. Remember, he was reintroducing yeah. Rod Tidwell to everybody. Uh, so that's sort of what I felt like we were uh, what we were doing, at least uh, to some small extent, in Chickie and Pete's last week at the draft. So shout out to Chickie and Pete's for hosting the draft party that we attended last Thursday night. So that's all I had in draft. I uh, got a couple things for the world of geography, history, and then a couple things in entertainment. And uh, then we can certainly, you know, uh, put a wrap on today's Quizzo podcast before we do the other stuff uh, from a strictly football standpoint, which will save all of you people who hate that type of thing. But I love it, and I can't wait to talk about the draft. I'm bursting at the seams. So um, I have a if uh, or a uh, uh, this or that question for you. 
And uh, it's one that we, we've, I think is sort of a trivia 101 thing that we've asked in a lot of the starter quizzes. So I'm pretty sure you know the answer to this question. But which is bigger, the island of Manhattan or Walt Disney World? I would say Walt Disney World. It is twice the size okay. of Manhattan. I was going to say, I wouldn't even think it's close. And anybody who hasn't been to Manhattan in a while, the sheer size of that island is... It's it's hard to grasp when it's, you're it's on it because the just the giant buildings and it's it's huge. But it's up. It's huge. Right. And it's built up. It's there you not go. built wide. There you so go. like if you were on a yeah, like what land, weighs more? Right. If you if you got <laughs> yeah, that's right. Manhattan. But <laughs> if if you drove from like you know uh, Atlantic City to Maze Landing, that's about the same length of Manhattan. So it's not a very, very long place. It's just how dense it is and how built up it is. But uh, Disney World, which is an incredible thing, you know, I, I just read recently that Walt Disney in the 60s uh, created dozens of different uh, shell corporations for real estate companies to buy up all the land in that area of Orlando, in Orange County, Orlando. One of the good trivia questions out there is uh, Disney World yeah, is so the same county. so I haven't been county. to Orlando in a while. Oh, it's um, amazing. It's so built up. It is so built up. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm actually I think going in November. But um, besides the point, is it Swampland? No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, but now it's just so many different developments, and everything's a development in a strip mall and a development in a strip mall. Oh, it's, sure. It's, you know, it, it really is uh, quite a step. I do know it's the largest single site employer in the country. Yeah, we've had that before. That makes sense. They have their own university where we're potential employees or i guess uh, employees that are just hired come to train and it's uh, like a okay so campus. it's not a real university no but it's, it's to work but there. it basically is you know for employees there so they really do logistics is it mostly right. american workers uh well one thing that i found interesting is at least in epcot center when i was just recently there is every single country area that they have represented in epcot center every worker is originally from that country that's cool so like when you go to the gift shop in norway everyone's norwegian you know i ate at the uh the italian restaurant in the uh, little italy section uh, which was fantastic and it was all staffed by italians um and you know everything was authentic all the way to the chef who who was over there so they put a lot of uh, emphasis on uh, the experience and the novelty of it, and it's uh, it's fairly amazing. But, yeah, twice the size. So in the 60s, he bought up all this land and did it sort of, uh, you know, under the uh, cover of night uh, without anybody getting wind of it. And that's how he was able to keep the prices down where he was able to acquire basically most of that county in that area. Now, I'm going to ask you one more trivia question about it. Uh, do you know the name of the town that was founded by Disney employees about 10 miles outside of uh, Orlando? Well, I don't know, but I'll take a guess at something here. Um, hmm. Disney employees. Does it does it have anything to do with the Disney name or any of the characters? No, but it's kind of a cool name. Kissimmee? Let's, no, 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 no. Kissimmee's been there forever, okay. and um, it's called Celebration Florida. All right. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, or Celebration Station. So. Um, Celebration, Celebration Florida Station. Yep, Sounds like right, a good time. right outside It's actually a beautiful little town They have a man-made lake And a horse and buggy ride That goes around there It's good stuff Alright, so um, I'm going to get to um, My other geography history question And this is a really interesting one That I found You know um, I was doing a little bit of research On English kings And English monarchs And I came across one That I think is Somebody I think Everybody knows his name But nobody knows Why he's so well known So I'm wondering If you know um, why King Richard, first of all, what, how does everybody know King Richard? By what name? The Lionheart. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I found um, very interesting is that very few kings, if any, are remembered by their epitaph, by, by a nickname, as opposed to what their actual title is, whether it's you know King Richard II, this, that, the other. He was King Richard I, so that's fine, he was, but everyone synonymously calls him the Lionheart. So It's a great nickname. It's one of the best nicknames ever, but why was he famous? Who did he battle? What did he do? So do you know any of those types of things? Do you know any context of King Richard? Yeah, well, I mean, I can guess at some stuff. My, um, you know, being half Irish, <laughs> English history is not my favorite. You know, being a proud American. Uh, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I, hey, I root against the English any chance that I get. So <laughs> their their royal family, I'm not as interested in as most people. But my guess would be that uh, Richard the Lionheart earned his nickname fighting the, uh, say the Scottish. Nope. Mm. 
he earned his nickname fighting Saladin in the Third Crusades to try to take back Jerusalem. In fact, he spent most of his life outside of England securing the lands of France. So what happened was in the Third Crusades, which were led by a French king, that king died, he took those over. And he was basically both fighting a you know group of... of uh, you know, not French loyalists, but anti-crown uh, loyalists uh, in the French territories that he was holding and then spent most of his life in uh, battle during the Third Crusades. But he was not able to defeat um, Saladin to retake Jerusalem despite having numerous uh, victories against him. So if you're wondering how Richard the Lionheart got his name, it was from the Crusades and the battles of the Crusades. All right, so there's definitely a good trivia question in there that we can work out. Oh yeah, there's there's plenty of them. I you know even uh, <laughs> even what his, English king was earned nick- his uh, nickname fighting Saladin? Or well, in, I, I mean the, the question's even simpler like that? than that when people see it. I mean it's just really the the, the nickname uh, more than anything else. But okay. now, now you have a little bit of context for it. So, sure. uh, what do you have in the world of geography and history for me before we do some entertainment? So I saw this one and I don't know. It just surprised me that it it, it passed me by. Uh, without taking note of this guy's name. And uh, I'll ask you, who shot Osama bin Laden? What's the name of the guy who shot Osama bin Laden? You know, that's a great question. Um, I know that he was not uh, seeking publicity for the longest time, and we didn't even know who he was. We knew who the well, Se- it was, we knew it was pu- SEAL Team 6 that he was a part of, but we did not know who that person was. And... Um, Honestly, I'm kind of embarrassed by this, but it's not <laughs> a, but it's, well. Don't it's, be embarrassed because I not a name just I saw this and I was like, "Wait, this this remember. is supposed to be, a, or this is a guy whose name is now known, and I don't know his name." Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I would have been totally caught off guard uh, about a week ago. But he has a book coming out. Okay, uh, the book is called "The Operator." Mm-hmm. So, if you want to hear about his life in uh, as a Navy SEAL and his adventures, I mean, this guy has been. Uh, well, I'll give you his name. So, we're talking about Robert O'Neill. Robert O'Neill, okay. okay. Bobby O. From, uh, Butte, Montana. Oh. And I guess after the mission, I'm not sure if they were supposed to not talk about it or, or what had happened, but I'm sure it's all in his book. Uh, but very interesting story. The guy's been uh, all over the world in many missions that we've heard on the news. So uh, I can't Shout wait to, to get O'Neil. more uh, info on this book, uh, The Operator. But, yeah, so Robert O'Neill, he is the, the hero uh, from Butte, Montana, who Absolutely. Uh, shot Osama bin Laden. One thing I found really interesting uh, from his interview, you know, obviously you think of a Navy SEAL, I mean, big, tough, man's man. I mean, does anything wreak masculinity <laughs> more, more than being a Navy, a Navy SEAL? SEAL? No. <laughs> and uh, he talked about why he joined the Navy in the first place. I mean, besides doing some hunting with his um, dad and wanting to be a sniper, I mean, that's sort of inspired him but what actually uh was the trigger that got him to join the navy uh he got dumped by a girl <laughs> <laughs> so you know guys they to could, the woman they who was, broke his heart even and to the killed osama bin laden do you think that thought went through her head she was like thinking like you know i do love this man robert o'neill but honestly I want that son of a bitch or son of a lot of dead. <laughs> well, if I got to make this sacrifice for my country, that's what I got to do. Bobby, you're out of luck. Well, I, uh, the, the thought that I have is like, this guy could be standing in front of me at the airport and I wouldn't know, who, wouldn't he know is, who he is. And I could like be annoyed that he's taking too long. You should wear a special yeah, thing. Like, this is like, the guy that took out Osama like, bin Laden. If, you're, if you but, see the guy wearing the purple hat that just says, like, I shot Osama. He gets to do whatever he wants now. Okay, he gets to live whatever kind of life he wants. If you're but, uh, a woman, you must submit. I wonder what once he does this. Maybe if he does a book tour or not. But once this is out, maybe he'll Robert become O'Neill. more of a household name. But uh, if you're I'm, playing I'm, Quizzo, I am glad uh, the book was not called "I Shot Osama." To, that makes to, me happy to know about uh, Robert O'Neill. All right, that's All right, good man. stuff. Um, so you know, one of the uh, legendary uh, directing duos of all time, in my opinion, are the Cone Brothers, right? And, uh, you know, it's one of the interesting... Real quick, sorry. Before you go on, I did have one thing that would fit in because you gave me one of those sports questions that's also an entertainment question. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So, since we're just touching on sports lightly today, uh, this is a good one. All right, so... I like it. Who? This is tough, so I'm not going to pretend that it isn't. Okay. 
and I wouldn't ask. I'm a this, big boy. I, I wouldn't ask this. I wouldn't ask this a quiz. Oh, I, I would make it a little easier. But I'm going to give sure. it to you. Who was Oliver Stone's favorite football player? Who was Oliver Stone's favorite football player? Now I, I remind you, this is one of those that you have to know entertainment, and you have to know sports in order to get this. And you know, sometimes these are my favorite. I love crossing. Uh, two categories. Yeah, I mean, I have no context for this question at all, though. So I, I, and it was really hard. And, and I think the thing that th- throws well, us off is this but, movie wasn't directed by Oliver Stone. The screenplay was written by him. It was actually directed by Brian De Palma. Okay, so Brian Song. Uh, so Walter or. or uh, uh, no, you're thinking of a sports movie. This right, actually right. has. Uh, not, it's not a sports movie. So what are we looking for? We're looking for. I was pretty much looking for the fact that if you knew that uh, one of the great movie characters of all time, Tony Montana. Okay. Scarface? Scarface. He got his name. From Joe Montana? Oliver Stone named Tony Montana after Joe Montana because that was his favorite football player. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, so just great piece of trivia out there. So Tony Montana is actually Tony Montana. (laughs) Because of Joe Montana is Oliver Stone's favorite football player. Yeah, and also a shout-out to Joe Montana, who everybody butchers his name and thinks his name is Joe Montana. (laughs) That's Joe Montana. That's Joe Montana, not Joe Montana. So good for you. That's a great one. I love that. Yeah, it's it's too tough. Just to give you a little piece of what we do, to make it easier for the masses... I could throw that into a true or false. True or false, Tony Montana was named after Joe Montana. Right. Sounds... Would you go false on that? Absolutely. Right. I would say that's they, they've made that up. And then the answer's true. <clears throat> but and, that's why uh, we love doing this. Right. The, the true or false questions are and sometimes the I hardest ones to get. And before I get to my you know comment about the Coen brothers and we'll talk about them for a few seconds, um, I will make mention that George R. R. Martin, of course, author of the Game of Thrones series of books, A Song of Ice and Fire, who Nick and I will attempt to do full podcasts for this summer, uh, coming up under the IronBank.com. So, that, so uh, what are we going to do? A, we're going to do a podcast before yeah. the season starts. Yeah, we're going to set the stage. We'll do we're a gonna post do a recap. after we're each do... show. What is there going to be, seven of them? I think seven episodes. And then we'll, and do, then we'll a, do a, a recap season, of the whole season. season. recap, correct. And then maybe a spoilers all uh, episode at the end, you know, bringing context together. We'll see. So we'll see how well that goes. But I think we could talk uh, easily about that. However... George R. R. Martin in the Game of Thrones series has mentioned two separate NFL players, okay? Uh, has alluded to them in the text of the story. And I want to know if you know either one All of right, them. All right, so I I did read like the first two books and then what happened was I loved the show so much, which this hardly ever happens. Usually I love the book, but I found him to be very descriptive in the books and the shows were so great. I stopped reading the books because I didn't want to ruin uh, the shows for myself. So, are these players mentioned in the movies? No, the, uh, one of the you mean the show? That's what I meant. They're in the they're, text of the book. Okay, so I would have no idea. One of them. All right. So one I kind of, of I I purposely blocked out the books and what was going on in the books because I didn't want any spoilers. One for of the them is going to make TV an show. enormous amount of sense when I give this away. But what's the giant in Game of Thrones name? Do you remember that? Oh, is this the guy who the actor just Yeah, the actor away? just died who played him. But do you remember what the giant's name was? I'm just drawing a blank because it's been a full it's season. It's 1-1. One, one. Oh, okay, 1-1. One, one. Okay, so it's a giant named 1-1. One, one. Think about that for a second. Oh, Phil Simms. You got it. Okay. So the giant named 1-1 one, one is Phil Simms, okay. who is one of his favorite quarterbacks. All right, that's pretty cool. Now I'm going to give you from... Uh, from the free city of Volantis, which is mentioned in the book, Belicho was a renowned Volatine patriot whose famous exploits are recorded in the series The Life of the Triarch Belicho. His unbroken succession of conquests and triumphs ended rather abruptly when he was eaten by giants. So pretty much George just wants Belichick to be eaten by giants. That is a line from the, show, from the book. And it's it lost to him twice in the Super Bowl? Well, or uh, was that George after was born the first in Super Bayonne? Or... He's a Jet and Giant fan. So, okay. So in book five, in uh, A Dance with Dragons, this uh, Tyrion's on the boat going across the ocean, and he's reading about the history of Volantis, and he reads this line about an old guy named Belicho, and the line is about this uh, Volantine patriot whose famous exploits were recorded in this book. His unbroken succession of conquests and triumphs ended rather abru- abruptly when he was eaten by giants. 
So the the reference is to the Patriots' unbeaten streak that oh, ended by okay, a loss yeah, right. to the so New that, York so Giants that first in the Super Bowl. Win, yeah. Yep. Oh, awesome. So, good stuff there. All right, so we were mentioning the Cohen brothers. You know, what's it's your... hard, you know, just to go back, it's hard because when you watch that show, it just takes place in you yeah, know, a, million a years far ago. away right. land that a million years ago to think that it's inspired by uh, David Tyree's catch. Yeah, in yeah. that, that weird, it kind of like brings these universes together in, in, yeah. in a very strange way. And cool. uh, you know, I, I wonder if George R. R. Martin doesn't suffer a little from Dave Matthews syndrome now because he's writing after he's famous. Before he was writing when he didn't care. Now I wonder how much of the influence of the world is has affected this writing that's coming up. So it's interesting to to think about. That. I know we that it's certainly that taken him long enough to <laughs> put them out. Well, now it's, it's the longest way ever. It's affected his work a, ethic. Yeah, it's the longest way ever between books. So all right. Uh, two things in the entertainment world that I want to get to you. So I talked about um, the Coen Brothers. What's your favorite Coen Brothers movie? You have a particular one that's your favorite. I wow, have, that is. Uh, I have mine. That's my quintessential. Geez. It's one of my favorite, if not I my favorite, it. movie of all time. Uh, but uh, you know, their work is really pretty incredible. Man, my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I know what yours is. Uh, I mean, without a doubt, I'm, I'm going with the Big Lebowski. There's no question. All right. I, I'm probably gonna agree. That that is my favorite one, but I'll I'll give you one, um, in addition because I I do love the Coen Brothers. Um, I would say the most critically acclaimed had to be No Country for Old Men, right? That won the Best Picture, uh, Academy Award, and I think Javier Javier Bardem won an award for that. Um, hmm. Besides the Big Lebowski, my favorite from the Coen Brothers. I'm going to go with uh, probably Fargo yeah. as my runner-up to The Big Lebowski. There also another critically acclaimed. I mean, uh, she won Best Actress. Sure. Um, you mean Frances McDormand? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's married to one of them, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's, yeah. She was fantastic. That's a great movie. That's actually the one that I was thinking of. But there's a couple that I love that they did that don't get as much acclaim as those. Uh, the second one that they produced, uh, Raising Arizona. Okay. Great old school movie from the 80s. Raising Arizona. I had a uh, one of my best friends growing up had an uncle who loved Raising Arizona. <laughs> and uh, so he would watch that just all the time. And the two of them would, uh, you know, do quotes back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but I, I never loved Raising Arizona as much as those two guys did. I, I don't know if I just didn't get it at the time. And maybe I should revisit it. It is. It's a good movie. Francis McDormand also appears in that one as well. You know, John Goodman, uh, William Forsyth, Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter. It's got a great cast. And uh, Is he Nicolas Coppola in that? Or is he Nicolas no, Cage by then? I think he's still Nicolas Cage. Oh, so it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High Where that he's Nicolas Coppola. Coppola. I want to say Michael Ra- Is Michael Rappaport in this? I feel like he has no. a... Uh, I mean, maybe I just I don't remember that. Well, they've always done so. Michael, I su- like you so a, much that I'm giving you credit. Such a great job of uh, putting together. No, great True Romance. Cast. He's in True Romance. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know why yeah. I'm confusing the two, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's a Quentin Tarantino screenplay. Absolutely. So you got Raising Arizona. They also did a couple of really interesting ones. Um, Miller's Crossing, which was very critically acclaimed. yeah, a little dark. Barton Fink, a little another, dark. You know, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That um, wasn't one of my faves. Uh, yeah, it was a weird one. I, I think um, uh, Burn After Reading was interesting. That I loved. I, I thought that, uh, you know, the, their take on that whole genre was was uh, pretty awesome in that regard. Um, and then, uh, you know, one that I thought was uh, very, very underrated. And I'm not really even a fan of Western as a genre, but I loved True Grit. I thought oh, that was yeah, a they great did a movie, great job especially with, with that. that remake. The little girl who was in that. And that's uh, a tough movie to remake because you know that people who are fans of westerns, they want them a certain way. And yeah. to re- go ahead and remake that movie. Well, Haley Steinfeld, who I think that was one of her first movies, has done some pretty good work for a kid you know, that age and, and is not a kid anymore. I guess she's 18 now. But uh, beyond True Grit, she did this movie called Begin Again with uh, Mark Ruffalo and Keira Knightley, which actually wasn't half bad. And it was um, uh, part, partly launched her music career because she did that stupid uh, Pitch Perfect series. Sorry, sorry to call it. I know everybody. Oh, the first it. one was great. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Well, well once my offensive you lineman yourself fat Amy? appeared in it. Yeah, so twig bitches like you don't say it behind my back. <laughs> one of the best lines there in that movie. But, um, no, so, you know, she's she's done a lot. And then she's one of the few um, actresses. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a recording contract these days. I didn't know that those things existed anymore. But she has a fairly uh, lucrative recording contract and supposedly is uh, in the process of recording a bunch of hits. So good for her. And, uh, uh, you know, so that was uh, one of the great Coen Brothers movies. And I think it won. Um, did it win Jeff uh, Bridges an Academy Award? 
I think it might have. No, he won. Or he might have been nominated. He won for a different movie. He was in with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, where he played a guitar player. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think he was nominated for that. Sure. Certainly, but it did win the only Academy Award in the career of who? Ooh. But not that movie, the original. Oh, oh, John Wayne. John Wayne, yeah, yes. John Wayne's only You had me for a second. Yep. All right, so what do you got for me in the world of entertainment? I had one more thing, but since we're running so short on time, we'll see if we can get to it or not. All right, I got a couple of things. So... Sometimes you might go to Quizzo and you hear something you never heard before. Or I shouldn't say you never heard before, but something you haven't heard in a while. And then maybe you'll see something a week or two later again about it. And this is why it happens. Drew, you had a question last week about, uh, I forget the exact question, but cop movie starring Tom Hanks and a dog. Sure, yeah. It was the most expensive screenplay ever at the time. At the time? Okay. Yep. Oh, the, they purchased it for, what, a million dollars or something? That, that was, was the, the most, most expensive. Yep. I haven't thought about the the movie Turner who's in 20 years. A million years, yep. But as soon as I see the question, well, then I think to myself, what kind of dog was Hooch? Yeah. And then, boom, you have another question. So, there, there it is. I don't know. <laughs> so two weeks later, you know, you'll be looking at a, another Turner and Hooch question. That's and, how it and works. And that's how it works. That's so, how it works. You get so, those themes. It, it makes you want to look into the stuff. What kind of dog is Hooch? I have no idea. Uh, Hooch is a, a Mastiff. A Mastiff. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Very distinctive dog. They are, but they drool. So if you, yes. if you, want, if you want a dog that drools, Mastiff is for you. Um, I've got one other thing I, yeah, yeah. I teased last week uh, because of the uh, new... Pending relationship between <laughs> Jennifer Lopez and uh, A-Rod. I love it. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. And I only say pending because I'm joking around. I'm sure those two are very much in love, but uh, <laughs> I just find it hilarious. With themselves. I know they are. So the, the, the reason I love, no, it, love it, you, it is just because of the, the J-Rod uh, portmanteau. Is that how you say it? Or portmanteau? Just works. You know, when they put it together. So anyway, I wanted to ask you if you know this one. What was the first celebrity couple whose names we blended together? Got to be Brangelina. And I'm so glad you said that because that's what everybody thinks. Good. I'm glad I'm wrong. But, but before Brangelina, Braniston? which is, is, is definitely now the... Brannifer? I don't think we did Braniston. No. I don't I, remember I don't Braniston is actually at the time. No. This one uh, goes back to a relationship from 2002 okay. to 2004. Ooh, long one. By Hollywood standards, it's like dog years, so that's like fourteen years. Uh, it also, it also included Jennifer Lopez. Oh my god! I, uh, was she with Puffy? Ben Affleck. Oh, so Benifer. Benifer was the first blended name celebrity couple. That's incredible that you mentioned him because the last person I wanted to get to speak of the devil. No way. Okay. Swear to God. So you know that? I've had a long time ban on Ben Affleck. I don't like him. All right? I, 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 don't, I don't like Ben Affleck. Really? You know, I, honestly, I didn't I've know that. Around, I've I don't come know around did, a little I know, bit. I I, for a long time, I, I would not see a movie he was in. And it got me thinking, you know, like, it's if why? He's in a movie that he didn't produce or something like that. He's very good in his own I, I, films. I, I could pinpoint it. I went to see Reindeer Games. It was one of the worst movies and experiences I've ever had. And I just was at the point where I <laughs> did right. not like him already. And I was like, I am never. Isn't going it Geely to... that got most people to give up I, on? Him? I saw that too, and I was oh, just like, and I was geez. just like, this is ridiculous. Like, why would I ever watch? Did you see that with a anything? gun to your head? Like, I don't even know. You know, it was in Jersey. It was a Jersey setting. Like, who, who I don't knows? know anything about it? Who knows? I, I don't. I don't think I made it through it. I just remember going, I don't like this guy. All right, there was okay. just something about him. I didn't. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't like him. In I Google think he Hunting. would even admit. I didn't I, even like his really? character. See, see that? I didn't like his character. That I don't see, but I think he, he was even good. he would admit. That once he started dating Jennifer Lopez, it wasn't the best thing for his career. Oh, well, his career has been amazing. As far, like, as far as respect goes, I give him amazing respect because the guy's got an incredible career. Everybody would dream of a career like his, and he's done you know, pretty good work. But it actually, after I've kind of come around on him after a long time of not liking him, I what like him What about the Kevin Smith films? Now. Were you a fan of that? And that's what I was going to. So I was okay. going to ask you, what two Kevin Smith films has Ben Affleck been a star in? That was the trivia question, and that's the that, and that's what made me come back around. It's like I am such a huge fan of Kevin Smith. If Kevin Smith went to the well with Ben Affleck twice, there's got to be something there. And Kevin Smith deserves, uh, you know, not only is he a Jersey guy, uh, but he's just awesome. He's awesome in everything he does. And one day I hope to get him as a guest on this podcast. He does a podcast as well. He does a lot of stuff, um, and he is just a fountain of pop culture knowledge. So one of those. All right, uh, so rare, I rare think guys. 
uh, hopefully I get at least one of these. I, don't know, I think I watched three Kevin Smith movies all on the same day, and I don't know which <laughs> one's which. Okay. So I can only guess at two of them, but I'm going to guess he was in Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. All right, that was the one I was more confident about. This is a coin flip for me. I'm going to say Clerks. He was not in Ugh. Clerks. He was not in Clerks. He was in Mallrats. Okay, that that was it. Amy. Was it was a total Mallrats coin flip came between after Clerks? Clerks was the first. It was right. black and white. And you remember what Kevin Smith's character's name was in uh, all of these movies? He is. Uh... Silent Bob? He is Silent Bob. So shout out to Jay and Silent Bob, two legends of cinema, and Kevin Smith, who's an awesome Jersey guy and a director. That's all I had for uh, this week, Nick. Uh, anything coming from you? And I will make one thing. I'm going to tell you Well, there's all... no reason to watch Live with Kelly anymore. No, because it is now Live with Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. Just proving that this guy cannot turn down a job. He lives in Los what Angeles. What pay him to do this? He's it's... flying to New York four days a week. Filming, doing a morning show, radio show bits in between. Like, I guess they're getting building him a studio on the plane during the flight so he could broadcast from that. Uh, but I, it's like, why would you take this job on? It uh, is so exhausting. Never been less excited about and he a makes, hire. I mean, Stern talked about it today. He makes fifty-five million dollars a year. Now. Does he really? Yeah, he makes that much. Yeah, fifty-five mil a year. Why would you take this job for fifty five now? If I had to guess what they were paying him, I would guess 17. he's making ten to fifteen. Seventeen. He's getting seventeen. Yeah, because well, Kelly's getting seventeen, so I'm guessing he's not going to take less than her. Really? Yeah. Even though she's been there for that long, still but she even, can carry that show. I think for him, it's herself. about it's about getting his name just entrenched out there. Because when you're on that kind of show, everyone knows every you know. Yeah, but there is such day. thing as overexposure. There's no question. And, he is really yeah, but he's on just the precipice so, of it. He's just so um, tolerable. You know what I mean? Like, he just offends nobody. He is going to cause no controversy it, See, it's funny all. you say that because I find him to be the exact opposite. Right, because we're at a level, but you're trying to... I don't even know to... what he's saying. It angers me. Right, because we're at a different... Like, he's, you know... I love Kelly, and I would actually, you know... Not that I would sit around and, and watch morning television. Did you find Michael Strahan television. tolerable? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought well, he was... So there yeah, I thought Strahan was great. I actually, if I have to be honest, I'm actually blown away at how good Strahan is as an announcer. As an announcer, I think he's great. He's I mean, fantastic. To be a, a Hall of Fame defensive end, maybe one of the top five and ever to, to play the, that to play that, the position and to be in your that teeth. good to do all of that with that gap in your teeth is incredible. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, Letterman did it too, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like him, Madonna, Madonna. and it's just you know that's it. I mean, and Alfred E. Wasn't Newman. there a model? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren Bacall. Okay, I think there she's she's famous for the gap in the teeth. Yeah, I, I'm not a, not a fan. Not a fan. Not we got to do a top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds we like a top. That sounds like a top ten. Or, or a you could look forward in the picture round coming out. Gap teeth. Uh, it's been there before, but we're going to do an updated gap teeth for sure. So, um, one more shout out that I'm going to give to a TV show that you're just going to want to go back and pay attention to. One of my all time favorites. I could talk an hour about this in a second. The Office. Been rewatching it lately. It's going on binge for me. The show was brilliant, dude. I mean, you know, I know we have no experience whatsoever in an office environment, but uh, some of of the the jokes and just the character development that they've built over the years is just absolutely freaking hilarious. Uh, so, so why are you bringing them. up the office? Bringing up the office because you just want to know who was on the office, folks. That's all I'm going to tell you. You just oh, want to go okay. back and pay some attention to who was on the office, and it's a little. Little hint I've got to touch on one last you. thing. Yeah, yeah, get, get Only because, it. Do it, do it. you know, if we go another week on this, it's not going to be fresh in people's heads. But sure, sure. Anyway, uh, I guess they were afraid to wait for the 50. Okay. Because, you know, in five years, maybe not as many people will be around. But did you notice that the Godfather had a reunion? Yeah, the 45th. The yeah. 45th? Okay. I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah, some great pictures from that. Uh, so, uh, two-part question. Okay. Okay. First part. Salazzo. Where did the Godfather reunion happen? Or at what event? I think it happened at the Tribeca Film Festival, right? You are correct. Because De Niro is big on that. And... Yeah, he started the he was part of starting it. Right. Yeah. So they, uh, I've eaten they had the reunion. right down there. It's fantastic. Hey, what's it called? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's right around the corner from Nobu. I'll have I was to say, it isn't up, he a part owner in Nobu yeah. also? It's like. So it's on this is huge, huge building. One end of it is Nobu. The other end is this Italian restaurant. Or it's actually a steakhouse. I'm pretty sure it's a steakhouse. But um, I will get you the name of the restaurant in a second. All right. So we'll finish it up with you here on this one. Uh, where does the area of Tribeca get its name from? 
So it's the triangle below Canal Street. You got it. That is what Tribeca stands for. Um, so the name of the place is called the Tribeca Grill, and it's uh, <laughs> that's not, not a tough name. And it's owned by Robert De Niro, and it's the opposite side uh, of Nobu. Uh, so did he start three, the film festival to promote the steakhouse? <laughs> Greenwich Street. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. That steakhouse was world class. Like, you want a good meal? Go to. Even if it wasn't, I would say it was. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I'm scared to death of you, sir. But uh, he is he is a legend. So that's awesome. All right. Uh, that does it for this week's uh, Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Uh, big uh, shout out again to Russell Baxter for doing all the tweets for us this week and uh, hanging out with us at the uh, draft. We'll do some more draft stuff. Look for our new website launching, uh, and you'll see it on the live network.com. But it is fantasydraftreview.com. Fantasydraftreview.com. What we're going to do there is break down the NFL draft from a fantasy perspective, and then we are getting set to relaunch AC Fantasy Sports, Atlantic City Fantasy Sports as well, where we'll be doing weekly podcasts during the upcoming fantasy football season. All right, Nick, any last words before we get out of here? Yeah, if you want to root for, for me to win some money on Saturday, uh, sure. my, uh, my grandmother's maiden name, Gormley, okay. a horse in the race. No way. Yep, Gormley, and also an Irish war cry oh. is a horse in the race. So I'll be parlaying those two names uh, for some fun. Run for the roses, folks. This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Jerry, do you know the human head away to eight thousand? Did you know that Troy Aikman in only six years has passed for 16,303 yards? Do you know bees and dogs can smell fear? Did you know the career record for most hits is 4,256 by Pete Rose, who is not in the Hall of Fame? Do you know that my next door neighbor has three rabbits? I can't compete with that. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? Learn about Cuba. Come and include You're causing a major disturbance on my time. I've been thinking about this, Mr. Hand. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? What is this? It's our fantasy baseball draft. Your fantasy what? It's our draft. Fantasy baseball. I told you all about this. Got Matsui. Name's Francis Sawyer. But everybody calls me Psycho. Any of you guys call me Francis, and I'll kill you. And I don't like nobody touching my stuff. Just keeping these hooks off. If I catch any of you guys in my stuff, I'll kill you. Also, I don't like nobody touching me. Any of you homos touch me, and I'll kill you. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> my boy, Blue! 